Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. 720 WGN. Thanks for joining us for the Lisa Dent Show. It is Friday the 13th. I've got some some stuff that I'll share about that because I think a lot of people think, well, that, you know, that kind of superstition came about in the Middle Ages. It's not true. It's really a 20th century phenomenon, like most things. Hey, Dr. Dana Varble is a local vet. She is also the chief veterinarian officer for the North American Veterinary Community. And much like the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, there's a big show for people in her business, a big gathering. It's all professionals from around the world. How many vets are there with you today? Is is it in the thousands? Um. <laughs> It's many thousands. I think we're at just under 16,000 veterinary professionals are joining us here this weekend. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so what is the big news when it comes to taking care of our cats and our dogs and our pets? What will you be discussing at this conference? <laughs> yeah, we're really excited. Veterinary Meeting and Expo uh, 2023 is kicking off tomorrow. And we're really excited to talk about all these new innovations and techniques medications, diagnostic tests that we're going to be able to share with your veterinarians. Um, we're going to be able to take that to you guys and your pets and really change how we can practice and the things we can offer our dogs and cats and other animals. So some of the new cool things are less invasive testing for skin cancer. We have a new tool coming out for that. So that's very exciting less invasive surgeries in general, and we always like the idea of, you know, causing less pain, faster recovery, very similar to what they're doing in human medicine with more endoscopy, smaller incisions, things like that. Um, I'm also really excited, Lisa, because we're starting to see more and more medications being developed that are cat-specific or dog-specific. Less and less, um, we veterinarians are having to rely on human medications to treat your pets. But we're really coming out with medications that are specifically designed for their special anatomy and special physiology. So that's really cool to see. Okay, Dr. Varble, I saw something that Part of what you're discussing and this new technology about detecting cancer in animals has allowed people to do microsurgery on hedgehogs with breast cancer. <laughs> that is a line yeah, I never thought that I would cool. hear. <laughs> just saying it. You have to, like, take a moment to, like, think about what you just said. And, yeah, you know, some of the new microsurgery techniques, things that were developed truly in the human world, are now being kind of restructured so that we can, you know, when they want less invasive surgery on humans, you know, they're looking at making smaller incisions. Well, that means that we can use those same tools that make these tiny incisions to actually work on tinier and tinier animals. So, yeah, hedgehogs who are unfortunately really prone to cancer, we now have surgery that can actually help them live a longer life because we have the option to surgically remove that cancer. Um, I even just talked to a veterinarian who's doing a spay procedure on a hamster. Think about how tiny hamsters are. And that's really remarkable because that's a pretty invasive, big surgery, even on humans these days. My gosh. And when you mentioned that, you said skin cancer. I've had mm -hmm. dogs that have developed cancer. I did not know with that big fur coat that skin cancer was an issue. <laughs> it is. I 
mean, we have a lot of lumps and bumps and dogs. And, you know, I never always tell people, don't panic when you see, especially an older dog, get a lump and bump because a lot of them are benign. But a lot of times we don't have the, I mean, we have some tools to help test those now with needles and maybe even doing biopsies. But we're talking to a Dr. Michael Petty this weekend who has a new non-invasive tool called heat diffusion imaging. And that can help us basically heat up the skin a few degrees. And we know that cancer cells, especially malignant cancer cells, are going to respond differently to that tool. So now we know, oh, that's a, that's a lump and bump that we maybe do need to take the next steps for schedule surgery. Versus so many lumps and bumps in older dogs are just lumps and bumps. You know, there's this, they're, they're not scary. They're not malignant cancers. And we just need to keep an eye on them. Okay. We always love when you jump on the show with us. Dr. <laughs> Dana Barbel is with us. She is at a big conference, more than 22,000 professionals from around the world. These are the people who save our animals, whether that's a hedgehog, a dolphin, a a cat, a bird, and she'll take a few of your questions if you've got a question that is, you know, bugging you and you can't find an answer to what your dog or cat or your animal needs. 312-981-7200. You can text us, text us or call. Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. Brian thought it would be good to pull, pull out some atomic dog. <laughs> this is the Lisa Dent Show. Our favorite vet is on the phone, Dr. Dana Varble. She has a clinic here in Chicago. Dana, where is your clinic and what's the name of it? We, I work at Chicago Exotics Animal Hospital, and we're up in Skokie off of Dempster Street. So we only see exotics there. So dogs and cats have to visit me some other places. <laughs> so somebody texted in and said they have a Pomeranian and their dog is struggling okay. to walk up the stairs and it just started in the past 24 hours. They don't think she's very old, mm. maybe about six. Okay. You know, whenever I hear that, the first thing that's <laughs> it snaps in my head, when our little dogs are jumping up and down on the couches and running up and down the stairs, that up and down space for them, if you can imagine, is a lot bigger jump relatively speaking, to their tiny little legs than, like, say, your Labrador jumping up on the couch, which is really more just like a big staircase for a Labrador. But these little guys really jump and also land kind of hard. So if you picture that in your head, the one thing that stands out as being really stressed is actually their back. So when they jump up, their back gets really extended as they reach, reach, reach for that jump up on the couch, and as they come down, their back gets kind of compressed as they land on their front paws. And the same thing happens on the stairs. As they step up, the back gets really extended. As they step down, it gets really compressed. So in these little guys, when I hear, oh, they don't want to use the stairs, the big thing that stands out to me is this might be hidden back pain. And back pain, you know, when you have a paw, Lisa, they hold up their paw when their paw hurts, right? Right. But when their whole back hurts, they can't really tell us, you know, my back is really killing me. Um, But the way they do that actually is to avoid the things that stress and compress their back the most. And one of the things that people always say to me is, my dog isn't using the stairs. Mm. So you need to make an appointment with the vet. (laughs) Because I'm really worried that your dog could have back pain. Yeah. And we have lots of ways to treat that back pain. But the other thing I always like to tell people is, If your dog isn't using the stairs, there may be a reason why. So let's have them not use the stairs. Don't encourage them to use it until we figure out what's going on. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. Liz is on the phone. Liz, I know you've got a question for the doctor. Is it about a dog or a cat? 
It's about a dog. And I also have a, a terrible back pain, but, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask, you know, I wanted to ask about these rawhide shoes. Are you, are mm-hmm. you, can you give them to the dogs or not? My, I have a friend that says absolutely not. But what else do you give them if you, you know, something to keep yeah. them busy like, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. And chew treats are really important. They're a great source of of stimulation. Um, Dogs love to chew, so we need to give them appropriate and good things to chew. So you do have to be a little careful. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, it's not so much about the treats. It's about the dog. So some dogs are really good about chewing on rawhide, and they actually chew them up into small pieces, and that's great because, again, as long as those rawhides are getting chewed into very small pieces, they're doing two things. They're helping keep their teeth clean and their gums healthy, and they're also going to get digested in their stomach and intestines and not cause a problem. But every once in a while, and I have one of these dogs, we have a dog that gets so excited about these rawhides that they don't chew them well, and they swallow big pieces, and that's when I get concerned. Yeah. Two things. Obviously, those big pieces are harder to digest. They can cause inflammation in the esophagus in their upper GI tract as they get swallowed. And then every once in a while, we have a dog that they just don't agree with. Their stomach doesn't agree with rawhides. So in which case, you should avoid them. But the good news is nowadays, if your dog can't eat rawhide or they're just, they're going to be one of those dogs that's going to swallow them whole, there are a lot of other dental treats at your pet store or your vet can make a recommendation that's going to kind of serve that purpose both to stimulate their chew source and keep their gums and teeth healthy in a little bit of a safer way. How about so that's a carrot? a great question. Will a carrot work? <laughs> carrots are great, yeah. Actually, carrots get broken down really well if your dog likes carrots. Again, I, I haven't had a lot of dogs swallow carrots whole. That's the good <laughs> news. And carrots are very digestible and a pretty healthy snack, too. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. The show has gone to the dogs, and I know, Chris, you've been waiting on the phone. Is it a dog or a cat question? What did you want to ask Dr. Varble? It's another dog question. My question is, one of my dogs has, like, itchy skin and kind of not such a great digestive system. What kind of dog? I've been trying different dog foods. Like, what should I look for? With grain, grain grain-free? (laughs) That's actually a great question. Um, A lot of times we hear that dogs that are itchy uh, must be diet. But I guess I get a little worried because diet allergies are just one type of allergy. And actually a lot of dogs still have environmental allergies. Um, Things like grasses and pollen, dust, um, fleas, of course, can be a big allergy. So hopefully you're on flea medications to control those. Um, I personally, you're going to laugh, even had a dog that was allergic to humans. Oh, boy. What? (laughs) Yes. The same way we can be allergic to dogs, they can be allergic to humans. So, you know, it's yeah, it's a really interesting question. Grains are actually not one of the primary allergies that dogs have. We do occasionally see grain allergies in dogs, but... The more common food allergies are actually protein allergies. So dogs more commonly are allergic to things like chicken and beef. Unfortunately, most of our dog foods are made out of chicken and beef. So you can try a sensitive stomach food, something that might be made out of a duck or um, fish is quite common. And there are some great foods out there for that. 
But you may also want to follow up with your vet because if you've got a dog with environmental allergies, we may need to talk about either allergy testing or there's a variety of different allergy medications out there that can treat seasonal or environmental allergies. So that's a really great question. All right, we've got another one from Ray. Ray, what's your question for Dr. Varble? Hi, I have a uh, 18-month-old bloodhound that likes to slobber all over the house. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, dude, that, the rest oh. of your life, you better have that towel in your hand. <laughs> so, Ray, this is so close to my heart. I'm going to be honest with you. So I used to have a bloodhound, so I love hearing about people having bloodhounds. Because, yes, they're wonderful, crazy, very unique dogs with a very unique personality and smell. Bad side to them is every once in a while you get one that is just a drool monster. So a couple of things you can try. <laughs> and these are from personal experience, not just veterinary experience. So I will share these with you. Is one, make sure that their water bowl um, has higher sides. So I've even seen people use buckets or things like that. And what that does is as they drink the water that comes out the sides of their mouth, hits the sides of the bowl or the sides of the bucket and goes back into the water bowl. So that could sort of help you contain it. The other thing that you could do is make sure you've got a big towel or a big mat around that water bowl, again, to kind of keep the, the wetness there. Part of the charm of having a bloodhound, though, is they are kind of big, wet monsters. Um, I love Loving them. monsters. I love they them. They are so cool. But, yeah. yeah, I also used to keep, just like Lisa was saying, I also just used to keep a big basket of not very nice, icky towels <laughs> kind of in a central location and when they got too bad just did a quick wipe off to try and keep the the drool down um some of it is part of their charm though so hopefully you can kind of find an even median where you've controlled some of the slobber and accepted some of it as well uh we love when you join us dr dana varble <laughs> is with us and i'm going to run a few text messages you can say yay nay on these uh this person said i have a a two-year-old loving pit bull, second time her rawhide got stuck in her intestine. She's had surgery Ooh. number two to get rid of yet another foreign object obstruction. Ooh. Is this normal for yeah. a pit bull? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> they are probably my, you know, those breeds that you just go, they are going to be aggressive chewers. Yeah. They are going to be aggressive chewers. Lovely dogs, often very friendly, but they have the, all those big, wonderful chewing muscles, and those muscles were made to chew. So you need to probably find another treat that you're really confident is going to break down in their digestive tracts. There's a lot of good dental treats out there and other fun. They are a great animal for puzzle activities for food, too. Something that stimulates their brain and not just their chew brain. Another person said, I've given our family of dogs boiled marrow bones. I get them from the butcher and Mm. boil them for 30 minutes. Dogs love them, keeps them busy, cleans their teeth. Um, One lovingly buries them, never had any bad repercussions. Do you approve? I had been told to give them them raw. So what is the word on that, Doc? Well, you know, again, this is going to be one. There's going to be some case-by-case basis. My biggest concern with with raw bones is they can can grow a lot of bacteria. Um, Dogs are susceptible to that bacteria. So are we. So it's not always great to have raw meat products around your house because, again, they do carry bacteria. As far as the boiled ones, kind of it's a little bit of a different problem. Bones in and of themselves, not bad. If you have an aggressive chewer, I will tell you as a veterinarian, we see a lot of teeth get broken on bones like that. 
and broken teeth are painful, can cause infection, secondary problems. So, again, not really my first go-to just because I do see so many broken teeth with those. We're so appreciative of all your knowledge. She is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American um, Veterinary Community, and they're at their 40th (laughs) annual meeting with 22,000 people from around the world who do this for a living. So thank you for saving our pets, and thanks for answering our questions today, Doc. Oh, no problem, Lisa. It's always fun to hear from your your listeners. Pardon me. And I will forever be thinking about a hedgehog with breast cancer getting surgery. That is something <laughs> Something she covered. Good. Steve has your news next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.